Welcome to Off the Ledger, presented by the MICPA, a conversation designed to help grow your leadership skills and take you further in the accounting profession. Our topic today is, I voted, now what? I'm Joe Colosi and our guest today is Rachel Reardon. Rachel is the Vice President of Government Relations here at the MICPA, as well as serving as liaison to our PAC board, as well as our Professional Ethics Committee. Additionally, Rachel has a black belt in Choi Kwon Do. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks, Joe. And um, that black belt was a long time ago, but it was an accomplishment I'm still proud of. Well, so. you, I don't think you ever lose it. <laughs> uh, today, we are talking about voting. And full disclosure, we are recording this the morning of November 9th, which is only about 12 hours since the polls have closed here in Michigan. So we're going to give you the best details we have as they go and potentially updating as we go. Uh, let's start at the beginning. Rachel, did anyone vote this year? You know what, Joe? A lot of people voted this year, yeah. and that was that's good to see. No matter what your political affiliation is, seeing people engaged in the process is always a good thing. We saw young people voting. We saw long lines in on college campuses, which I think is exciting. No matter, like I said, what your political affiliation sure. is, seeing people engaged is always good. And as you mentioned, you know, we're still watching results come in. I didn't know if we'd be able to meet this morning, and I'm excited that we have some results to review. For sure. And as a, for a midterm election, too, this was pretty terrific. I know me personally, my polling location is a very small area, but uh, I was 119 at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I don't think it was that high for the presidential election. So I don't know if it was just the time of day or what, but it's good to see people come out and vote for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. I have an 11-month-old. I brought him with me for his first election, Fantastic. So, uh, and it was awesome. It was good to see people out and about. I like to vote in person. A lot of people voted absentee as well, so yeah. we saw really high turnouts, like you said, for the midterm. Having the governor on the ballot definitely helps, Certainly. but seeing people engage is exciting. Perfect. So as promised, we are going to go over the top five things CPAs need to take away from these election results, or just the top five results even. Um, I'm going to kick things over to you. Where do you want to start? So I'm going to start at the top of the ticket, right, and work our way down. As I mentioned, we're still watching results come in, so things may change between now and when people listen to this, but we're working with the information we have at hand this morning. But at the top of the ticket, obviously the governor... Governor Whitmer won re-election. And I do want to say we'll see a lot of election coverage about the national election, talking about the U.S. House, the U.S. Senate, and, and already talking about 2024 and what that means. I'm going to focus this conversation on state elections. Perfect. So how does what happened yesterday in Michigan, in the Michigan House, in the Michigan Senate, and then, of course, in our governor's office, How does that impact our members, our Michigan CPAs? So if people are looking for federal coverage, there's plenty of that. We're going to focus on the state side this morning. Perfect. I love that. Um, As I mentioned, Governor Whitmer won re-election. This is good for consistency, right? So what that means is, of course, the governor is the executive of our state, but she appoints department heads, and that's who we as an association work really closely with, the treasurer, the Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs, which is the department that oversees the licensure process for CPAs. Gotcha. If we had a new governor, we would have likely see new department heads appointed because they're appointed by the governor. And that'll shake everything up all the way down, right? Exactly. Yep, absolutely. Staff will like would likely stay the same, but new relationships from at the top. 
And so this consistency means we can continue with projects. The relationships we have will continue. We have really strong relationships with all of those department heads. So we are looking forward to continuing to work with Treasurer Eubanks, with Director Hawks, with the CRA director as well. We're just working, going to continue chugging along because there's not going to be many changes in the administration as far as department heads. Regardless of who you voted for yesterday, know that your association is going to continue their work with the governor's office, her team, and her administration. Fantastic. The next topic, I'm going to go, I'm going to talk broadly about the legislative races, and then I'll break down the House and the Senate. Okay. Both the Michigan House and the Michigan Senate were on the ballot yesterday, of course, and this was a huge election. We had term limits. We had new district lines. And so as a result of that, We're going to see at least, again, we're working with the numbers I have this morning, 68 freshman legislators in Lansing in January. And that could be more later today, but that's... Absolutely. As we wait for results to come in, it could go up. Um, That's the minimum. That's 68 out of the 148 total legislators. So that's a pretty big portion. It's well over a third. Absolutely. We expected, you know, over 50 due to vacant seats, but some incumbents lost and things like that. So... We have a lot of work to do. We're going to continue to build relationships, but we do have a lot of new elected officials coming in in Lansing. The other thing to mention in both the House and the Senate, and I'll, again, I'll break down each House later, but both the House and the Senate, Democrats took control. And this okay. is what this means for our members, for CPAs across the state, is that Democrats now set the agenda. Democrats have control of the governor's office, the Michigan House, and the Michigan Senate for the first time in 40 years. Wow. So it's a, it's a, we haven't seen this in a long time. We'll see likely, we'll likely start seeing things maybe move a little quicker okay. um, because we don't have split government anymore. Gotcha. Democrats will now set the agendas. So what's being voted on, they'll have control over what bills get hearings in committee okay. and things like that. So we, Historically, the good news for our members is historically we have worked on both sides of the aisle. Sure. We're completely nonpartisan. We have great relationships with Republicans. We have great relationships with Democrats. So we expect to continue to have a strong presence in Lansing and be effective in advocating for our members. Perfect. What about our relationships with Libertarians and the U.S. Taxpayers Party? Absolutely. Right. Anybody in elected office, Fantastic. right? <laughs> One thing to note also on these House and Senate races is we'll have new leadership and new committee assignments. Okay. So leadership meaning Speaker of the House, Senate Majority Leader, Minority Leaders in both the House and the Senate as well. Okay. Those races are set to take place tomorrow. Gotcha. So we don't have answers on who that will be. We have ideas, but and we have good relationships with everyone we're hearing will likely be in a leadership position. And a lot of those individuals have been on committees that impact the CPAs. So we work with every committee, but most importantly and most regularly, we work with tax policy, finance, and then regulatory reform, which is the committee that oversees any licensure or deregulation changes. A lot of the folks that we're hearing will likely be in a leadership position have sat on those committees. Okay. So they're very familiar with the CPA profession, with the MICPA, and we've worked with them, met with them, which is a good thing. So there are a few individuals who don't sit on those committees, and we have already started to meet with them, to have conversations, to make sure they know what CPAs are, what our members do, 
how the decisions in Lansing impact them. The biggest thing we try to make sure legislators know, and we're going to make sure to meet with all of the freshman legislators to educate them, is that we're here to be a resource. We're nonpartisan, like I mentioned. We provide information to our to the elected officials on how a bill will impact the CPA profession or their district. Right. So we see bills all the time that someone might send us and say, this is what I want to do. This is the language I was given. Does this bill do what I want it to do? Because tax policy is very complex. We have our tax policy experts look at it, and they might say, yep, that's, that does what, it, what you intend to do, and we don't weigh in on if we think it's a good or a bad idea. We just this, The intended language is there. This is what you're trying to do. This is successful. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes we say, we look at it and say, that's not what this bill does. And right. the legislator always appreciates it because they want to, they don't, they want to avoid those unintended consequences. Sure. Um, so that's very high level about what these legislative races mean for our members. I'm going to break down the House and the Senate. So starting with the House, as I mentioned, Democrats to control. This is the first time since 2010. Okay. The numbers we have now looks like they'll have a um, a margin of 5654. Okay. So that's pretty slim. A slim margin is always a good thing for bipartisanship. I'd say that keeps it balanced, right? Exactly. They can't it's very unlikely everybody's going to vote along party lines, so you have to work together, Perfect. come up with compromises and hopefully meet in the middle. So that's always a good thing. We'll have again new committee assignments in the house, um, tax policy, regulatory reform, those impact our members most the most. We also see ourselves working with the, the education committee as needed most recently on the finance, uh, financial literacy piece that we saw um, pass this earlier this year. Right. We did have two CPAs on the ballot. Okay. Unfortunately, both of them lost their election, so we will not have any CPAs in the House. Okay. Um, we won't have any in the Senate either, but we didn't have any running in the Senate, so we knew that going into uh, yesterday but we will not have any CPAs in the Michigan legislature. Okay. So that's the same. We didn't have any last session either, so not much will change there, but it does emphasize the importance of making sure that people who are elected to office, who are making decisions that impact CPAs, know what a CPA is. The decisions in Lansing do to impact our members and our members' clients. Sure. So we are constantly making sure our voice is heard, we have a seat at the table, and we can help in any way possible shape public policy. Fantastic. Going to the Senate. Okay. So in the Senate, Democrats took control of the Michigan Senate as well. Um, and this is the first time since 1984. Wow. So this was this is a long time. Sen- the Republicans have controlled the Senate for a very long time. So this is um, definitely going to be a change. It's not something I honestly ever thought I'd see in my lifetime. Right. So uh, new district lines um, change that a little bit, but we'll see. Uh, what that means. It, this looks like a split of 2018. So again, it's not a big... Slim margins, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're not seeing a super majority, which, again, promotes compromise and meeting in the middle. And the MICPA makes sure we have a seat at the, those tables. So we have access. We have great relationships. Like I said, same with the House. I don't want to be redundant, but we had relationships. We started building them, meeting with folks as the election was going on. As we were hearing who was who was running, what their interests were, and things like that, who was likely going to be in leadership, so we're in a really good position as an association to make sure our members are represented in the Senate. And so, Democrats again will have control of the agenda, the committee assignments, 
and they'll have leadership in the Senate. It looks like we'll have 14 um, freshman senators. Okay. Um, and I think I forgot to mention this, but we'll have, it looks like 68 in the House. So that's where that breakdown comes. Wow, okay. So it's quite, like I mentioned, quite a few. We have a lot, a lot of work to do. We're keeping busy. We're prepared for this. We've been gearing up for it as much as we could before an election happened. And for the Senate, what uh, that you said was 18, is that correct? 28, 20. 28, 20 to 18 margin, 14 freshmen. Gotcha, 14 freshmen. Yep. And then the last, the last thing I want to touch on, which we won't go too much into the proposals, but the proposal that probably got the least amount of press um, is Proposal 1. Right. And that's really the one that is the most relevant to this conversation. Sure. So that has to do with term limits. And Michigan had the strictest term limits in the country. And regardless of what your thoughts are on term limits, they definitely have their benefits, right? Yeah. Regardless of your thoughts, it does impact the longevity and the institutional knowledge that's in Lansing. And so as an association, when we're representing our members and building these relationships that we've been talking about, when we have new representatives coming in every six years, you're starting from the beginning every six years. Right. So this proposal would now allow 12 years of serving in either the House or the Senate. So um, for those who may not be aware, right now you can serve two terms in the Senate and three terms in the House. Okay. Senate terms are four years, House terms are two. Now you can serve 12 years total, and it can be in either. So someone could serve all 12 years as a state representative. They wouldn't have to run for Senate. So we'll likely see more longevity in somebody who's in a position for 12 years. Okay. If you think about you know, your job or the jobs of our members, it takes a while to learn your job. So right. having somebody who's been there for 12 years, who really understands the legislative process, who has that history of, well, this this bill was introduced in the past and we understand why it didn't pass we understand or now we can look at it so we're not seeing the same bills come up every legislative term and things like that right. i think we'll see um some productivity increase um with some, the longevity i think the institutional knowledge will be really helpful and then our relationships can even be stronger because we'll have somebody in the house for potentially 12 years which will help us have that long-standing relationship with folks yeah, instead I was of... I just going to say, when it comes to relationships, that's always more helpful to have them be longer than starting over on the regular. Absolutely. So those are my, my top five key takeaways. Okay. Um, anything you need me to expand on or any questions? No, I feel like that hit pretty well. I know, you, like you said, some of those numbers are bound to, to change. We're given, uh, or rather you're giving basically like the... the, the the bare numbers, those are bound to, uh, right. to, to grow. And while there are plenty of precincts still tabulating, a lot of these results are foregone based on the votes left versus what can happen. So that's great to know. Um, if there are any major updates, we'll be sure to send something out, I'm sure, even uh, even if it's just an email out to the members to let them know. You had mentioned the lack of CPAs as politicians, so that's going to make, uh, I don't want to say your job harder, but it is going to give you more to do. Yes. And what can members do to help support you in that endeavor? Well, I'm glad you asked, Joe. So now is where the real work starts, right? Okay. So we we track elections. We get involved a little bit. We don't endorse candidates. We right. stay out of the political battles. We leave that to um, the chambers and the other organizations who, who get into that space. But now that we know who's going to be in office, now is when 
we're busy. The real work starts. So I'm going to start meeting with elected officials who have won immediately, even before they take office. Um, myself and Bob Doyle, our president and CEO, will start building those relationships as quickly as we can. But our members are the most important asset that we have. They're our experts. And I can meet with an elected official. I love to meet with them. It's what I do. It's one of my favorite parts of my job. But they want to meet with their constituents. They don't want to hear from me. They want to hear from the people who live in their district that they're serving and that can vote for them. So what that means for our members is to get involved. We are, we're going to have grassroots events all throughout the state, throughout all of 2023, to get our voice out there to make sure our members are meeting their elected officials. So look out for invitations to an event in your area. We'll have some events in Lansing likely to meet with committee members. Sure. Or if you know your elected official, if you know your state rep or your state senator who won, let us know because that's really important. Those relationships are super valuable to us to know yeah. who our members know. It's all about that personal touch. Like I said, the legislators will reach out to me often and ask for expertise. I do not claim to be a tax policy expert, but I know a lot of them. Right. And so I will connect the elected official with our tax policy members who live in their district. And that can tell them this is what this means for our community. And that's really important to the elected officials. And it's, it makes us incredibly valuable in gotcha. Lansing. And you can't do that unless they want to do that, right? Exactly. And the other way you can help us out is, of course, to support our political action committee. Our PAC is completely bipartisan. We have a lot of support from our members, and it really goes a long way in helping us have a seat at the table and access to these elected officials so that we can make sure that the CPA voice is heard. Fantastic. Anything else you need to talk about with regards to uh, PAC or grassroots? I think that pretty much covers it, but if you have not been involved in the past and you want to learn more about it, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to talk talk to somebody. A lot of folks are intimidated by the first meeting or um, hesitant to get involved, but I everyone who gets involved says that they're happy that they did. We have members who've made lifelong friendships with their elected officials from coming to a breakfast. So, That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, internships for their kids. It's been any way that we can connect our members with their elected officials or if there's something that our members are seeing that they want us to work on that we don't know is a problem, reach out to us because I don't I don't know it's a problem until someone tells me. I don't see everything our members see and I don't hear everything they hear. So, any way that we can be a valuable resource in advocacy for our members, feedback is always appreciated. Perfect. And they can send uh, any email to micpa at micpa.org, which is our, our basic email account. And then you can uh, just put it in there, let us know it's for Rachel, and we'll get it over to her, no problem. Uh, and of course, micpa.org is a bountiful resource of, uh, of information regarding what you can do with PAC or just your membership in general. So that is all for today's Off the Ledger. I am Joe Colosi, and our guest was Rachel Reardon. Rachel, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Of course.